Hello, hello, hello. What's going on, everybody? This is Sydney Smith, the host of this incredible podcast, The Real Queen Sid. And I'm super excited for episode 177 of The Real Queen Sid Show. This is actually going to be really high directive action steps on how to rebuild. And I don't know if you need to rebuild because uh, part of your team left or because you just want to build it bigger or you want to pretend like your team doesn't exist and you want to build it again. Uh, I don't know why you need to rebuild, but I would definitely recommend listening to this episode and going through and seeing where you can make improvements uh, to help that rebuild bigger, better, and faster. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, but first, I always say without any further ado, and then I tell you to do something. <laughs> uh, so first, if you get any value from this, please screenshot it, share it into your Instagram stories and tag me at the real queen Sid and write your biggest takeaway on there. That's the most helpful thing for me. And if you could leave a five-star review, that would be amazing. When we get to 100 five-star reviews, I will be giving away $100 cash money. Now for real, let's get into this episode. Half ago, uh, we were sitting at Empire U in, was that only a year and a half ago? Oh my Lord. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was like a year and, and seven months ago. Uh, we were sitting at Empire U and uh, I remember... Who was it that was up on stage? I believe it was Simon Chan that was on stage and he was talking about how um, a raid or a bunch of people leaving or a leg of business getting disengaged is almost inevitable in business. Um, and it's just something that's going to happen. And he literally stood on stage and he said, if you did it the first time, like if you for real did it the first time, you can build it again. And I don't remember why, like, I, I'm, I mean, I remember why this thought process came into my head, but I don't, I, this thought process, like, literally shot into my head, like, an intrusive thought, shooting, like, it was like, I, I have no idea where it came from. And I literally remember saying uh, out loud, I was sitting around people that I didn't even know, but I said out loud, if everybody walked away tomorrow, I'd be okay, because I could do it again. And then we left that event, and that's when half of our team walked away. I literally left that event, found out that on two sides of two different stories in two different legs of business, I was being deedified throughout the entire event to then lead up to half of my team walking away or half of our team walking away. And so we started out uh, the, at Empire U with a uh, 60,000 point business. Uh, and by January 2020, 2020 uh, we were a 30,000, we did 30,127 points in volume. And so I, when I tell you half of our team walked away, I literally mean half of our team walked away. And I don't know why that intrusive thought came into my head, but it was, it was like a blade shooting through my head. I was like, I don't even like, where is this coming from? But whatever. And so I think this starts off in the belief aspect, right? Like, in the belief aspect, each and every one of you, like I know your faces, I've heard your stories, I know who you guys are. I know every single one of you has built to this level for real, for real. And so if we're at this point of rebuilding, if we're at this point where it's like, okay, even if, you know what, even if you don't have to rebuild, let's pretend like you do. Like, let's ignore, don't actually ignore the people because then they'll leave, but ignore the team that you already have and pretend like you have to rebuild to the same rank this month. Could you do it? Could you literally start at zero and rebuild to rank four, rank three, rank, rank six, rank whatever, right? Could you do it? 
And I think that comes down to the aspect of belief, right? Now, I didn't rebuild all of that in one in one month for sure, but I remember saying, like, I remember Jessie Lee, she called me and she's like, are you okay? Like, is everything okay? Like, are you, are you good? I'm like, dude, I can do it again. And she was like, what? And I was like, I can do it again. I did it first time. I've watched you do this before. I can do this. And so I don't know why that was the first thing on Katie's list um, because I don't know exactly what's going on in your businesses, but I do know that it was the first, the first thing she mentioned. And so it must be important. Uh, and so the rebuilding part is just inevitable. And I think that it should be talked about more uh, in I think it should be talked about more in, in network marketing, right? This idea of the fact that people, you don't own anybody on your team right now. You have an awesome, amazing, crushing it team of rank four people. Cool. They could all walk away tomorrow. And I think that's something we need to talk about more in network marketing because you don't ever prepare yourself unless you prepare yourself, right? Like you don't ever come prepared unless you know to be prepared. And when you know better, you do better. I think that's what Bree Nichols said. And so... I knew I could do it again, right? And so Stephanie left. Oh, I'm not supposed to say her name. She left and half of our volume walked away. My bad. And uh, I had two options. I had two options. I had the option that underdeveloped Sydney probably would have done a couple years ago where I could have cried. I could have quit. I could have blamed, shamed, and justified. Well, if so-and-so hadn't been deedifying me, well, if so-and-so hadn't been doing this, well, if so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, I could have done that. And that's probably what my emotions did for the first maybe uh, week, okay? But after that, I really took a step back and I realized, what role did I play in this? What role did I play in this? And it's been really interesting um, as we've re rebuilt. I've had a couple people in different companies reach out to me and um, ask me for coaching calls. And when I asked her what her goal was with the coaching call, and she said, I want my people to work. I need them to help me hit this rank. And I was like, oh. And she goes, so can you get on a team call and make my people work? was right after we had done the jump to rank seven and I was like, oh no, no, baby, that's not how this works. That's not how this works. You know, you gotta do an internal reflection first. And so that's kind of where where I like to start these, these leadership calls at is like, we need to do an internal reflection first because in the moment when it all happened, I thought I was an incredible leader. And each and every one of you is an incredible leader in a certain aspect, but you have room to grow to the next level just like I do, right? Just like I do. And, and in the moment, I thought I was the best leader I could possibly be. I'm like, dude, I am running. I, I made you guys t-shirts. Like I am running team Zooms. I am doing all of the things. But in the background, I I remember now, now that, I, now that I'm out of that, uh, that space, I remember thinking, no, I don't want to do coaching calls. No, I don't want to add more team calls onto my, onto my schedule. No, I don't want to answer your messages after 10 o'clock. No, I don't want to. I remember thinking these things, right? Or anytime a team member would message me, has anybody had this? Anytime a team member would message me, I'd be like, oh, what do you need now? What do you need now? Right? And I remember being in this space and, and in the moment, I didn't even know how selfish my leadership was. And so my first, my first thing that I would tell you guys, if you want to get to the next level is literally very... Uh, authentically and very harshly evaluate your leadership. 
Where can you improve? Where can you step up a little bit more? Where can you give a little bit more? Where are you maybe giving too much, right? Where are we maybe needing to set a little bit more boundaries? Where are we exhausting our energy when we shouldn't be? And so that's the first step of really, really evaluating and getting to the next level and just building to that next level and rebuilding is evaluating that. And I was blessed enough to have people that deedified me all weekend. So I knew exactly where my faults were. I knew exactly what people were upset with. So my evaluation was very easy. Unfortunately, it's not so easy when people don't actually tell you what the hell is wrong, right? They just sit around and we all, do we all go to LCD, the drama triangle? They just sit around and bicker with each other until they all like fall off or stop working or get disenfranchised or whatever. Uh, And so don't let it get to the point where that drama triangle literally crashes your business because it sucks to rebuild, although it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Because I spent the first year, once we were, once we were in the rebuilding stage, I spent the first year working on me, working on building my leadership, working on building. And I, at the time was like, oh yeah, I'm very developed. I left my toxic ex. I am, I came out and now I told the world I'm gay. Like I am developed. I am done. Like these people have a lot to learn. And then, you know, I figured out I had a lot to learn. Uh, and so I spent the first year working on me and growing me and mending me. And so the first thing that I really, really implemented was the 90-10 split. And I know we've been talking about this a lot, um, but I think it's super important in more like in more depth than what has been explained. So the 90-10 split to me, well, to everybody, is 90% on your personal business, 10% on your team. And I don't mean 10% on your team of body dragging people. I mean 10% on your focused effort towards your team that has earned your time. Sometimes we mistake this 90-10 split for, oh, I spend 10% of my time body dragging these people and body dragging these people and body dragging these people. And that's that's not what this 90-10 split means. It means 90% is personal, personal, personal content creation, bringing in new customers, bringing in, bringing in, bringing in, bringing in, bringing in. And then 10% is working with people that have earned your time. And so what this has done for me um, is I've, I've been able to get better about setting boundaries. How many of you guys like are not great about setting boundaries? It's so hard to get into a groove in your business when you resent your business because you don't know how to set boundaries. I'm going to tell you right now, it's your own fault. I love you. We're going to fix it. Okay. I love you. We're going to fix it. But I mean, I'll give you an example of a boundary that I literally had to set the other day. Um, I did, I do a survey at the beginning of the month. I send it out to the team and I ask them for their goals. I ask them for whatever. And uh, one of the questions on there is, what can I do to better serve you as a leader? And somebody put in there, I would like you to check in with me weekly. Now, have you ever heard what you will do for one, you have to be willing to do for everybody. We have over 100 active members on the team. I cannot check in with every single person every single week. So what I, saw, what I told her was I said, hey, I saw you wanted some weekly check-ins. Um, I would love it if you would set, a t- or set an alarm on a day that works for you so that you can text me and reach out. Because I'm always here, but you can't, like, I can't reach out to you. And so it's, it's achieving what they're asking for without exerting too much of your energy without taking too much of your time without split without kind of phasing into that 
90-10 split. And so setting those little boundaries of, of I had to do with coaching calls too, right? I said, um, I said, what are the, the rules around coaching calls? I said, you have to, um, you have to finish Betty. You have to be going to weekly trainings and you have to have your text shortcut set up in your phone. If you don't have your text shortcut set up in your phone, I'm not doing a coaching call with you because you're not coachable. But these are little boundaries that are like, yes, you can have what you want, but you're going to do something for me. And so that was something that I implemented with the 90-10 split that really helped me get into the groove of my relationship, of my relationship, of my, of my business, because it's, it's really hard to get into a groove when you're like, dang, I do not want to listen to this message. This, this three minute voice message from this team member. Oh man, so-and-so is messaging me again. Damn, Annalie is messaging me again. Seriously, what does she need? Oh my God. What does Jody need? Oh my God. You guys are so annoying. And unfortunately, that's the energy that I was giving towards my team before everything kind of went to hell. And so to rebuild that, it setting boundaries sounds so counterintuitive, but I promise you it will rebuild that relationship. I promise you it will rebuild that relationship with your team because a lot of the times we get really frustrated with our teams and we get really frustrated with our businesses because we don't feel like we're being respected. Does anybody feel that? Like you feel like you're being disrespected, you're not respected by your team. Yeah, so did I. Um, it's because I was showing them how to respect me and uh, that was non-existent. And so this 90-10 split has helped a lot with really just managing my time, setting the, setting the boundaries, setting the, and just the energetic flow of things. Like I know that I only have 10% of my energy to give to the team. The rest of it is going to getting new customers. So that was the first thing that I implemented when I started working on rebuilding and growing myself. The second thing that I implemented was actually um, finding the joy in my business. And some of y'all do not have any joy in your business. And I know, I know, I can tell, okay? And I get it. I So what, what it was for me was I could not build on Facebook anymore. I couldn't do it. I was like, Facebook literally sucks the life out of me. I am not attracting the people that I want to attract. I can't find, like, I'm sorry, but the LGBTQ community is not really on Facebook. That's not where they're scrolling, okay? My, my, my uh, addicts in recovery, they're not scrolling Facebook. They're just not. And so I was attracting a bunch of people that wanted keto information or they wanted uh, keto recipes or keto whatever. And I was like, this sucks. I hate this. And so I started to hate my business and I really got to a space where like I just did the bare minimum. And I, I think some of us might be in that space where we're like, we're doing the bare minimum to save face for our business, but like, we're not actually enjoying anything. And that's when I introduced TikTok into my life. Um, and I actually was doing TikTok way before uh, everybody was training on TikTok, but I started, I started doing it because it brought me joy. And I had no clue what I was doing with TikTok. I randomly did a video one day that was like, uh, it, I had been doing tips, um, tips for addicts or something like that. And, um, I randomly did one where I was like, these ketones have helped me so much with my mood and my energy and focus in recovery. And I went to bed and I woke up the next day and it had 300 comments on it. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell? 
But it was something I hadn't experienced in so long because I was trying to build on something that wasn't bringing me joy, right? And that's when I started to get creative with the trials um, and doing the spooky bundles and doing things like that. So where can you add stuff into your business that feels good? Like what brings you joy? And so another thing that I added into my business was I love training and I get a lot of joy out of training people that are not on my team. I love my team. I love our team. Please don't, anything that can be misunderstood will be misunderstood. I love them so much, but they are sick of me. They're sick of me. And so training people that are not in our, like I've done one-on-one -on -one coaching calls with people in other companies that have asked me for it. I have done training calls for other teams. I've done training calls for other companies. Just anybody that asks me, I'm like, yeah, sure, that's totally fine. Because it fills my cup. So what is your gift zone, right? If you talk to Brie Nichols, Brie Nichols will tell you over and over and over again, her gift zone is, is coaching. It's coaching. She doesn't like the sales. Like, yes, yeah, she hits MVP multiplier every month, but she doesn't, she doesn't like that part. She loves sending out gifts to her team. She loves doing the little certificates. She loves, she loves, she loves. So where can you add more joy into your business? Because yeah, nobody really likes uh, following up. But if I have something that I do enjoy to counteract following up, my day is going to go a little bit smoother. And so this is going to be different for everybody. But TikTok was the, I'm telling you right now, TikTok was the answer for me. TikTok was the answer. I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm having fun in my business for the first time in forever. And I'm attracting the people that I want to talk to. I want to help the LGBTQ community. And it's so easy to get in lesbian TikTok. It's not even funny. So easy. Okay, you post one thing that's like mildly gay or you hang out with one gay person and all of a sudden your whole TikTok is gay. Ask Jessie Lee, okay? Her whole TikTok is gay. But my point being is that was that was what saved my business. I'm telling you right now, if it wasn't for TikTok, if it didn't find my joy in TikTok, I would have regressed. Like it would, that, that's, that rebuild would have killed me. And that sounds really dramatic, but like, Brittany said this on a, on a, on, um, my rank seven zoom. She said, um, Sydney says this all the time. She had two choices to quit or to rebuild, but her choices really were to relapse or rebuild. So I say, I thank every single one of you for saving her life. And I was like, Oh shit. Oh God. Okay. All right, let's go. <laughs> and so moving on to the next part, the next thing that I did was like, I really got into more authentic, my authentic version of myself, which I mean, I've been working on that forever, um, but I love June because June is like my month of rebirth. Um, I was born in June. I also came out in June. I also got clean in June. Um, so like June is my, is my month uh, of rebirth. And I really just started to look at where I was being authentic in my business and where I wasn't and where I was filtering myself. Like how many of you guys write this post out and you're like, God, this is so good. And then you're like, nah, I got to take this line out. My mom wouldn't like that. Or nah, I got to take this line out. Like my mom might, my mom might be offended by that. Or my dad might be hurt that I share that. Or you're trying to tell a story from your childhood and you're worried about what your aunt's going to think because, you know, she was involved in the story. I need you to hear me when I say it is your story. And how somebody treated you in your story is not your fault. However, it is your responsibility to share it. 
It is your responsibility to share it. How somebody treated you in your story is not your fault, but it is your responsibility to share it. And you get to choose who hears it, how they hear it, where they hear it, and when they hear it. It's your story. It's not, I don't care. I mean, it sucks sometimes when you have to tell a story. You know, I don't love talking about my dad on my Instagram or I mean on my, on my social media because we didn't have the best relationship growing up. A lot of, a lot of my issues stemmed from daddy issues, but it's my story. And if he didn't want to be painted in that way, in my story, he should have treated me differently. Sorry. And I literally had to say that to him one time. He said, um, Oh, I remember what he said. I, so I had this father figure, um, his name was Keith and, uh, he taught me how to drive. So he like went to my prom. He taught me how to drive. He like stepped in when my dad kind of stepped out. And, uh, when he, he was hit by a car a couple years ago and died. And so when I posted about it, I said something along the lines of he helped me. He, he taught me how to drive. Like I said, all of that stuff. Right. And so at Christmas last year, my dad, this is kind of off topic, but it's also authentic to me. So I'm going to share, I'm going to share it anyway. At Christmas last year, um, my dad said something. He had been drinking a little bit too much. Our relationship's a lot better now, but he had been drinking a little bit too much. And, um, we were doing this game around the table and, uh, we pulled out little cards out of this hat and it said like, share something, whatever. It was like, share different things. And, uh, the one that was pulled out was if you could have lunch with anybody that is that has passed away, who would it be? And I said, Keith. And my stepmom said, who is Keith? And my dad said, well, the one who taught her how to drive because I wasn't around. And I was like, oh, crap. We have some animosity here, sir. <laughs> you need to calm down. And so afterwards I called him and I was like, I don't like the way that you talk to me. What, what is that? Like, we need to resolve this. If you're going to be angry with me, like, let's figure it out like adults and move forward with our relationship. And he's like, I didn't realize I had any animosity towards it. And I said, dad, did you or did you not teach me how to drive? He said, no, I didn't. I said, did Keith or did he not teach me how to drive? He said, yeah, he did. And I said, so is it fact or not? He said, yeah, I said, if you wanted to be written in that spot, you should have taught me how to drive. And he goes, you're right. I should have. But it's those adult conversations. And this kind of goes into like finding your, your authenticity and like finding your voice. Like it's so important to find your voice. And I think that's the biggest thing that has happened in the last six months, especially is I just, I found my voice. And like, I'm just not afraid to tell you, like you hurt my feelings and we need to have a conversation. And so, well, that leads me into the next one is start having the hard conversations. If you're not flourishing, if you're not finding your voice, if you're not being your authentic version, it's probably because you have a relationship with somebody that is not healed or is not forgiven or there's animosity um, that is holding you back from your fullest potential. Have the damn hard conversation. You want to know who mine was with? Jesse Lee Ward. Do any of y'all want to sit down and tell Jesse Lee Ward that you don't like the way that she's acting? I didn't think so. Okay, but that's what I had to do. And so that was, uh, I don't know, August of last year. I literally, after Empire U of August of last year, I sat her down and I said, I don't like that you're doing this. I don't like that you're doing this. I don't like that you're doing this. This makes me feel this way. This makes me feel this way. And she goes, oh my God, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. You have to have the hard conversation. 
literally the month after that I sold $7,000 in trials and I had been doing $1,000 in trials. Okay. So you, I'm telling you, it will heal something. I'm telling you it's holding you back on something. And I found my voice after that. I'm not scared to have those hard conversations anymore. I'm not scared to say, Hey, Holly, we need to have a conversation about this. This is upsetting me. Or, Hey, you know, Katie, we need to have a conversation about this. This is upsetting me. I'm not scared to do that anymore because I don't feel like I have to hide. And so I urge you, some, every single one of you has somebody that popped in your head when I said that. Every single one of you has somebody that popped in your head. I know you do, okay? But I urge you to heal that. And healing it doesn't mean that you have to talk to them. Healing that doesn't mean that you have to do anything other than uh, forgiveness is for you. And I think that's the biggest part with authenticity is, and I don't know, this is like a download from the universe or something. This was not in my notes. Um, somebody on here needs to forgive somebody to get to the next level. So the next thing with that is, uh, is kind of your, I mean, it's what we've been talking about, but it's your authenticity, right? If you're tired in your business, it's because you're not being authentic. It is exhausting to pretend to be somebody that you're not. It is exhausting. It is exhausting to try and talk like Jesse Lee. It is exhausting to try and do lives like Brittany Anderson. It is exhausting to try and be this perfect housewife if you're not. It is exhausting to pretend to be straight when you're gay. Okay, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. If you're tired in your business, if your business makes you tired, I would really, really evaluate what areas are you faking in? What areas are you like, what areas are not authentic to you? And so I love this analogy. I actually heard it on podcast while I was getting my lashes done, uh, like two hours ago. And he was talking about athletes. He's like, so many times we like consume way too much content from other people. And so we start consuming, consuming, consuming. And, oh, I like this. Oh, I like this. Oh, I like this. Oh, I like this. Let me grab this from Sydney. Let me grab this from Bree. Let me grab this from Katie. Let me grab this from Hallie. Let me grab this from Heather. And like, we try to make this hodgepodge of like a bunch of people that we really like and that we like really appreciate. Uh, and we never take the second to like shut everything off and actually sit down and think, okay, what about that did I like and how can I make it me? What about this did I like and how can I make it me, right? So it's awesome to, to consume content and I know we say follow the champs, but there's a reason that Jenny Elizabeth only follows three champs a month and she rotates it every single month. It's because you don't ever wanna start sounding too much like one person and get too far away from somebody else. And what happens when you start to, uh, consume too much content as you start to compare your content to other people and oh well she wrote this better so I'm just not even gonna post this or oh you know Katie already shared her story about so and so and so I don't need to post that because you know I might have a similar story but Katie already shared it and so we start to like second guess our own content and second guess our own voice and that kind of goes back to like your story is your story. You get to share it as much as you want, as little as you want, in, in however many pieces you want, whenever you want, wherever you want, as long as you're being honest and authentic and as long as it's your truth, it's your truth and that's your power. Don't ever let anybody take that away from you. But the analogy that I heard was, was with athletes, right? So athletes go and they study all these people that have done it before them. Oh, well, let me like do a free throw like this or, you know, what? I don't know anything about athlete uh, about about sports. But <clears throat> what I do know is that they study a bunch of people, right? They have a coach who teaches them how to do it. LeBron James did it like this and Shaq did it like this and whatever. And then what do they do? They go practice by themselves. 
You see them throwing free, free throws at the hoop by themselves because they're figuring out, okay, this technique worked for this person. This technique worked for this person. What's going to work for me? Can I do a combination of both? Is this technique going to work better this way? But you have to take in everything that people are teaching you and then sit in yourself and just like digest it and practice and practice and practice and practice and practice and practice by yourself. Right? I, I, there's a reason that all of my content ideas come to me in the shower. It's because my brain is shut off and I'm literally like, hello, Alexa, please write this down. Don't actually do that. Alexa, stop. Thank you. <laughs> so that authenticity is going to be easier to find when you actually sit in your own space. And uh, so the, the podcast that I was listening to, he said he requires his students to do an hour of silent meditation a day. So they literally sit there, no phone, no music, no nothing, an hour a day. That's too much for me. Um, but if like walks work well for you, or I'm sure the gym works really well for Katie, uh, or showers work really well for you, like I'm a water sign. So the shower works really well for me. Um, but whatever works for you. And then the last thing that really helped with the huge rebuild was after a year of rebuilding myself and rebuilding trust with our team, that was huge. I had to rebuild the trust with our team, right? I had to show them I wasn't going anywhere. I had to show them that I could be better. I had to show them that I would improve. I had to show them that, and I had to show up 10 times, 10 times more, right? And so I had this, uh, I had this girl on our team. Um, she like halfway left and halfway stayed. And her name is Laura. She's freaking incredible, but she was not incredible at the time. Uh, she was horrible. Every single message that I got from her was complaining. Every single time she messaged me, I was like, this is awful. I do not want to read this. Um, she told everybody I was a snot-nosed brat. She didn't like me and she didn't want to learn from me. And we just had a really bad relationship. And <clears throat> when I was rebuilding my leadership, instead of taking her criticism as criticism I literally in every step that I took I I I asked myself what would Laura think she's my hardest critic what would she think in this moment am I being a good leader or am I being selfish and so I really like pick somebody on your team that drives you absolutely insane and like use them as your motivation because I promise you it works. And we have an amazing relationship now. She's a rank four now. She's incredible. We talk all the time. Uh, I still get a little bit of anxiety every time she messages me. I think it's just a trauma response, but every single time is a great message and she's super happy. Uh, so it's good. But the bit, so after rebuilding all of that trust, the biggest thing that pushed us to uh, seven was actually a, a belief switch. You guys are yellow, aren't you? Most of you. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Perfect. Because my team's yellow too. So I know how to motivate you guys. Um, so we had this big belief switch and, and I, I've told this story about 5 million times. So most of you have probably heard the story, but, uh, how I went to rank seven was I was in Hawaii and I was listening to Brooke Porch's, uh, rank seven speech. And she was talking about Nova. She was talking about how, um, she had said so many times over and over and over again, I'm going to hit rank seven. 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 I'm going to hit rank, excuse me, I'm going to hit rank seven. And finally she just stopped saying it because she was like, oh, I feel like the boy who cried wolf. How many of you guys feel that way? I'm going to hit champ. 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 And then he stopped saying it. Yeah. Um, I stopped saying it too. 
and I just was like, yeah, we'll hit rank seven eventually. Oh yeah, we'll do it eventually. It'll come eventually. Uh, and I just stopped talking about it and I realized that I, by not talking about it, I told every single person on our team indirectly that they were not worthy of being a rank seven team. So every single time that you stop saying you're going to hit this goal or you guys are going to hit this goal or you're going to hit champ or whatever, just, just think of that. Is your team, do you want your team to believe they are not worthy of being a champ team? Because as I'm telling you, as soon as y'all, as soon as you hit champ, like the whole team is like, oh yeah, I'm part of Annalise champ team. Oh yeah, I'm part of Katie's champ team. We're a champ team. When you hit pro champ, it gets even worse. Their egos get like this big. It's amazing, okay? They're like, oh, I am part of City's pro champ team. We are ranked seven. And I'm like, yes, bitch, we are. Um, but I literally, I had a very, very honest conversation with our um, with our team, I with our front line, actually, with my front line. And I sat down and I said, I'm sorry. And they were like, you're sorry. And I was like, I'm sorry for telling you not to believe in yourself. I'm sorry for telling you that I didn't believe in you. I'm sorry for telling you that I didn't believe in me. I'm sorry for telling you that I didn't believe in this industry. I'm sorry for telling you that I didn't believe in our growth. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I said, every single time that I stopped talking, here's what happens is you set a goal for the beginning of the month and then you get around to like halfway through the month and you're not halfway to your goal. And so you just start like, oh, well maybe we'll do 25,000 this month instead of 30. Or maybe we'll do like, well maybe we'll just shorten the goal. And every month you change your goal earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier in the month until you just stop setting a goal. And that's when you know that you've told your team that you don't believe in them. And I know you've never directly said that, but like just sit on that for a second. Like if Jessie Lee didn't actually believe we could do 5 million this month, would she tell the entire team we were doing 5 million? Probably not. And so it was literally just this belief switch that's that flipped with me and I was like we're doing it this month and I literally told every single person that I came in contact with I said if we don't hit seven this month I'm quitting and they were like okay drama and I was like maybe you're not being dramatic enough okay be a little bit more dramatic with your goals like I'm telling you like the the, the options were hit seven or literally die I was gonna die trying I was going to die trying because I never wanted to tell them again that they weren't worthy of that. I never wanted to tell them again that they weren't worthy of hitting their goals, right? And so with that minor belief switch, we went from two MVPs a month to six MVPs a month. We went to, we did a 70% jump from 40,000 uh, or 45,000 a month to 100,000 a month. Like it's just that little belief switch. And I know you yellows are very motivated by me telling you that you are telling your team they're not worthy. That hit every single one of you. I saw your faces. I love you guys so much. It motivated me too. And so it was the, it was the, the combination of the belief and, uh, and me proving to them that I was there, right? It was leading from the front. It was, um, it was me proving over and over and over again for a year that I was going to be there no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. Oh, we have a small, we have a short month. Cool. I'm still here. Cool. I'm still your leader. Cool. I'm still going to lead you to the next one. Oh, cool. I'm still hitting MVP. So whenever y'all are ready to join me with this $250 bonus, let's go. I'm going to keep hitting it. I'm going to keep hitting it. I'm going to keep hitting it. So the combination of lead from the front and that belief switch.
is what's going to get you to the next level. And again, that wasn't in my notes, but it's like a download from the universe. So take it or leave it. Uh, and I, I know I said me a lot in this training, but I think that leading through storytelling and like literally telling you exactly what I did is more helpful than phantom directives. Uh, so I hope that that was beneficial for you guys. And, uh, I can't wait to see what freaking happens for every single one of you on this team. Cause I know it's just a switch away and that sounds so crazy. It's my last thing. I, it's a decision away. And I know you've been hearing that forever. Like, oh yeah, you have to make the decision. Awesome. Sydney. I made the decision. I'm here. I'm here. But did you really make the decision? Like, did you really make the decision? And when you finally make a decision to, to show up for yourself, to show up for your team, to get to the next level, to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes, nothing will stop you, right? And I'll give you one last example. We have this girl, Brie Rose, uh, on our team. She's absolutely incredible. She's been leading power hours. Y'all probably know her because she's everywhere. Um, but she literally, at, in January, they did... 2,000 points, I think. And she is doing 15,000 points a month now. And it last month, so four months. In four months, they literally quadrupled and it was all because of a decision, one decision. She said, I cannot let my baby live this way anymore. There's no other options. And she committed. And she literally is the most coachable person I've ever met. She's, she'll text me and say, Cindy, I've done this, 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 and this. What else, do I, what else can I do? 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 And my last tip, last one, I promise. Uh, go, st go, like, go find somebody's business that you want and go post for post, story for story with them. Go post for post, story for story. Whenever they post something, you post something. Whenever they go live, you go live. Whenever they post a story, you, you post a story. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be beautiful, but it will start to get you into a rhythm of how much content and how much work is actually going to be um, put into leading from the front. So I hope that that's beneficial. I hope you guys got some little nuggets from that. I love you guys. I appreciate